Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. and Happy New Year, everybody. I'm glad you've come here tonight to be in service with us. It is so good to be in this multi-campus service here this evening. I know all of the people are not represented, but nearly all the churches are represented in some way or another. Not all of our pastors are here. Some are out of town and some are not. Uh, their family is dealing with sickness tonight, but we pray that God blesses them and comforts them tonight. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. I hear there's quite a few groups getting together afterwards. I hope you have a great time. Enjoy the fellowship with each other. Um, In the altar service, we are going to be anointing Brother Michael, Sister Kate Croston, and and installing them into licensed ministry here at the Anchor Church Fellowship of Ministries. Amen. So following the message that will happen, and we're so thankful for what we feel here tonight. Isn't it good to have Brother Dylan Woodward back with us, amen, for this weekend? All the way from California, Brother Daniel and Sister Jordan, we welcome you all. They arrived this morning. So glad to have them all the way from California. What a blessing they are. Amen. Before I read the word, I want to say... I give honor to our pastors, pastors of our daughter churches, our local pastors here. I honor you and what you do. You stand in the gap. The Bible says if the shepherd is smitten, then the sheep will scatter. They take on a different battle than just the saints. We need pastors. We need to lift our pastors up. Can you say amen? And we honor them tonight from each campus and so glad that they are here this evening. I looked over and I see Brother Castle and Sister Castle and the group from Woodsfield. We're so glad that they are here tonight with them. We welcome you all here. Praise God. They've had a tremendous, they're, they're having a tremendous revival in Woodsfield. We're so excited about that. We rejoice with you. Praise the name of the Lord. Isn't it good to be in God's service? Good to be in God's house tonight. I think there ought to be a shout tonight. I think there ought to be a shout tonight. Praise the name of the Lord. We've come to praise him, the song says. I've come to lift up the name of Jesus. For if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where would I be tonight? How many believe he made a difference in your life? If he has, clap your hands and shout to the Lord right now. Go ahead and shout to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, this very possibly is my favorite verse of all time. And if not different times, then it's very close to the top. But this is one that has stuck with me since I committed my life to the Lord at age 15, um, almost 16 years old. And it reads in verse 21, by faith, Jacob 
when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph, his grandsons, and worship leaning upon the top of his staff. Praise God. He was dying. He was in his older age and he was still worshiping. He's about to exit this world and enter into eternal glory and he's still worshiping. His eyes are dim, his health's not good, he's at the end of his journey and he's still worshiping. What I'm saying here tonight is when I got in this at 15, that's my goal is if the Lord tarries until I die and I live to be 97 years old, I wanna lean upon that staff and worship him. I'm not planning on going out. Come on, is anybody planning on sticking with it? Somebody shout, I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Praise God. We enter in, uh, you may be seated tonight. We enter in tonight at midnight into 2022. Our theme for this year is simply legacy. Everybody say legacy. We here at the anchor in Zanesville are celebrating something that's monumental. 80 years of existence, 80 years of standing for truth, standing for righteousness, 80 years of continuing. Can you say amen? Now a church that a little over back in 2009 when we became a multi-campus church in this area with now eight churches in Ohio. And I'm glad to tell you 15 in Guatemala and it's still growing. We're thanking God for what he's doing in Vietnam. Can you give God glory tonight? Come on, I think somebody ought to give him glory tonight. Look what the Lord has done. And this, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg of what he's gonna do through the churches. Hallelujah. And we have gathered here tonight to celebrate For some, celebrating the end of this year. Others maybe just looking forward to another year. But legacy is our theme. What is legacy? Legacy is passing something down from one generation to another. It could be land. It could be property. It could be money. It could be whatever. But legacy is more than just material values. Legacy can not just be passing an inheritance, but it can be passing a heritage. Inheritance is the stuff you get. Heritage, a heritage is the ideas, the traditions, the convictions, and the truths that you pass on to the next generation. I believe Guy Smith did it right. I believe Bishop Ferris and Sister Ferris did it right. They handed something, received something from one generation and passed it on. And God forbid this thing die with me. God forbid that this thing die with you. The Bible says that we were cast down and in despair. But you know what he said? I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things that come 
neither height nor depth nor any other creature is going to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am persuaded tonight that we're going to win this thing. I'm persuaded that greater is ahead of us, not behind us. Thank you for the foundation. Thank you for holding on the truth. But this should get better with time and not wax in time. How many thank God that this is going to increase and not decrease because that's God's plan for us. Somebody say continue. In Acts chapter 2, when they received the Spirit, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they got drunk in the Holy Ghost. There was 120 in the upper room and expanded to 3,000 that day. The Bible tells us that this promise, you know who it's to? He said, this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It goes on and says that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. There has to be something in the church that takes responsibility, that says this is not just for me, that what God has given me isn't just for me, that God has given me something to pass on to somebody else. He gave me the Holy Ghost, but he said, Timothy, it's not only gonna save you, but it's gonna save them that hear you. My heartbeat tonight is that every individual saint in this building will get a burden to receive from God and to pass it on to somebody else because that is legacy. Somebody shout, continued. The Bible says that they continued, verse 42 of Acts 2, and they continued steadfastly. Everybody shout, steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine. You know what I've come to learn? Is every great church has somebody that stayed. They continue. Every great revival had somebody that stayed and continued. Every great breakthrough had somebody that stayed and they continued. I believe the heartbeat down in the backbone of this church, there's something called continue. Can I preach to you tonight? We don't need to just go to and fro. We need to get the backbone of a saw log tonight. We need to get a determination of steel tonight that says I'm not bending and I'm not bowing. I'm gonna continue and what God has called me to do. If you can be bought, you will be bought. If you can be purchased, if you can be lost, you will be lost. But if there's somebody in this room that says he is my anchor of my soul, I'm holding on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm gonna go through some things, but I've got this blessed assurance. I've got a blessed assurance here tonight. And you know what it is? If God be for me, then who can be against me? How many believe there's something powerful in the church? Amen. He told his disciples, he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know what that means? It can't stop it. You can't stop the church from growing. You can't stop the legacy from happening. You can't stop from the traditions from continuing. You can't stop it. Why? Because it's not built upon man. It's not built upon personality. It's not built upon human giftings. It's built upon the rock Christ Jesus. He is my rock tonight. 
He is my stability. He is everything to me tonight. He's my foundation. Is there anybody here tonight says everything I have is because of Jesus Christ? If you believe it, jump to your feet and clap your hands and thank God for his blessing in your life. Amen. Everybody say continue. I learned that for something to continue, you have to be intentional. The marriage, every great marriage had somebody that stayed. We learned something about marriage. It takes continuing. It takes determination. Any relationship, anything you get involved with, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. But I'm going to tell you what gets you through the bad times. It's determined. I made a covenant with God. I'm not backing up. I'm not turning aside. I'm going to keep my eyes set on the prize. My dad, when I was a boy, he, he was teaching me how to plow a field. And I have that tiller that would shake like this. And I took off across the field. And when I did, it looked like an S turn by the time I got to the other side. I was going this way and that way. And he said, look how crooked that row is. Well, I certainly see how crooked that row was. And he tells me, I said, how you do it so straight? He said, here's how you do it straight. You gotta put your hands on the plow, but you can't get your eye off of where you're going. He said, if you keep your eye on where you're going, he said, you won't go to the left or right. Can I say to you, there are gonna be different things that happen to us in economy. Jobs will change. Politics are gonna change. COVID variants are gonna happen. There's people here tonight because they were exposed and couldn't be here. People are sick tonight. A lot of people couldn't be here because of what they're dealing with. Our world has changed in the last year and a half. How many know it's true? Our world has changed. But what you gotta determine in your mind, there's still one sitting on the throne and he's high and lifted up and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he brought me this far, he's taking me the rest of the way home. I'm not letting go, I'm not turning around. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. You've gotta get that inside of you. I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it. And then we sing songs like, if it was good for Paul and Silas, then it's what? Give me that old time religion. Boy, it was like 17 different keys hit right there in that one moment. <laughs> Give me that old time religion. Give me that. It's good enough for me. It was good for mom and daddy. It was good for mom and daddy. Good for mom and daddy. It's good enough for me. Lord, take me back to the old landmarks. One of my favorite verses in scripture is seek ye the old path. Where is the good way and walk therein? Don't you ever let go of the convictions of the old path. Don't let go of the morals of an old path. Don't let go of the convictions of that book right there. You've got to hold on to the old path. It shouldn't be uncommon for us to preach. Come out from the world 
and be his shepherd, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. It shouldn't be uncommon for us to preach if the righteous are scarcely saved. Where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? For he's coming back in a flaming fire, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 7, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. It shouldn't be uncommon for us to preach about hell and eternity and that we need to be saved from our sins instead of trying to live for God in our sin. You've got to come out from your sin. You can't live in sin and be saved. Hallelujah. Holiness should be what we preach. We ought to still believe in holiness in 2022. It's what's gonna separate us from the world. Thank God for holiness. Somebody shout holiness. When I grew up, there were three types of standards that are in the church. There, are, there were three types of standards in the church then. Everybody hold three fingers up. Are you ready? It was called this, biblical standards. Biblical standards. Then sometimes there's church standards, like a shirt and a tie on the platform. That's not gonna determine your eternity, but it's just the preference we have is to have a uniformity on the platform is to have some standards. Hey man, we asked you to dress nice today and you dress nice today and, and our ushers have a suit jacket on. That's just church, that's house rules, it's house standards. It's not an eternal thing, it's just some preference that we have for uniformity. Are you, are you hearing me right now? And so you've got biblical standards that should never be changed. And, and somebody made the statement one time, said, I don't know if I want to go down to the anchor. They've got standards down there. That church has standards. Well, we do. But you and I've learned everybody has standards. Everybody. They're just different than what other people's standards are. I'll give you an example. If I, was, if I was at their church or that church or wherever it is or their house and uh, wherever it would be and I, I took my tie off, they might be all right with that. If I took my coat off, they might be all right with that. But when I reach up and start buttoning that shirt on me, if I got far enough down, they're gonna say, hold on. I think you're going just a little bit too far because everybody has some level of standards. And I'm gonna tell you something we can't. Number one, we can't get away from the biblical standards of God's expectation for every man and every woman, every boy and every child in this church. Can you say man? Can I preach to you tonight? But we gotta get back to something. Something I don't hear enough anymore. It's called personal convictions. It's where God brings tailored things to you and your walk with him. Too many People in modern Pentecostalism, they determine how they're gonna live based upon their peer group and who surrounds them. When they're alone with God and fasting and God gives them a conviction about something in their life, but they override their conviction and justify it because they're around somebody else that's okay with doing something God's convicted them about. They haven't heard it preached against. They haven't heard a talk against, but just somewhere alone with God, God dealt with them about something in their life and I want everybody to say personal standards. Everybody say personal convictions. Praise God. We need them. I said, I'm gonna hear me tonight. We need them. We gotta get back to where this isn't just about what pastor asked us to do or, or the Bible. This, I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna please him. That's what I wanna do. I wanna please God. Somebody shout, I wanna please the Lord. Everybody say personal convictions. 
I've often wondered, so in legacy, you pass something on from one generation to the other. I feel to talk for a moment about conviction. If there's one thing that can be lost seemingly quickly is conviction. Convictions can be lost. The Bible says here's how it's lost. It's here a little and there a little. What used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore. Everybody say convictions. There's three steps to sin. Three steps to sin. It's simply this. So if you tolerate it, you eventually accept it. And if you accept it, you eventually participate in it. It's the desensitization of your soul, your spirit of a man. What tolerance says is, I don't think it's right, but it's okay for you to do that around me. Tolerance says, it's a, I'm, a, I'm not okay with it, but I will allow it around me. That's tolerance. I'll tolerate it. Leads to acceptance. Acceptance is, I wouldn't do it, but it's okay if you do it. The next step is you do it because now you're participating. We have to be very careful as a body of people to override conviction. Override conviction. Because we're not going to reach our world with nice decor and in a winter scene in a foyer and just a, a, a nice choir and a big LED screen and, 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 and our daughter works and all of the, 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 the buttons and the, 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 the nice things that you have in your churches. That's not, what, that's not what's going to bring conversion to a sinner. I'm going to tell you what's going to bring conversion to the sinner. Good old-fashioned move of God's presence. Because in his presence, there's convictions. But I've also seen that the temperature of conviction is based upon the people in the room. When a sinner would come to church back in the 70s and 80s, and seen in the 90s when a sinner would come to church, and they, they knew they were sinners. You didn't have to tell them for the most part. But they come in, there was such a, an atmosphere of conviction because people were fasting and praying and seeking God that when they come in, the preacher give them the altar call. You know, when they, they give the altar call back then, evangelists give the altar call. You thought if you didn't pray right now, you'd never get to pray again. That's sort of the way it was. Convictions. Boy, they'd start, Jim, they'd start counting down. Ten, the Lord is coming. Nine, you better come to the altar tonight. Eight, you don't respond tonight. What if seven? Boy, and I thought, if I don't go to the altar right now, I'm not ever going to get to go. There was something all of a sudden in the room when they said every head bowed, every eye closed, everybody bowed their head and closed their eyes. You thought, if I open my eye, conviction's going to be lost. Soul's going to be lost because what I do in a service matters. Oh, you didn't go to the restroom with the preacher you, when the preacher's giving the altar call. You wouldn't have done it. You'd been afraid God going to strike you. Come on. Because you interrupted a moment where God is pulling on people to convert and change their life. It's not about joining a church. It's about having a change in your heart. Somebody shout convictions. You hear somebody bellow out, oh! <laughs> Literally people run and a an old-fashioned revival run and slide their knees. You hear the crying and the weeping. I want to be right with God. Oh, and there's conviction. You know what I learned? Is conviction is a measure of where the church is. If the church is closer than the world to the world than they are God, when the sinner comes, they're going to be closer to the sinner than they really are God. And there's not that big of a gap between the sinner 
And what is the present righteousness in the building? Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Ronald, stand right there. Stand right there. If, if I had you right here, um, uh, Lauren, come here. Let me, let me talk. I'm talking about legacy. We cannot lose conviction or we don't have anything. You're going to be a sinner for a minute. If this is where he is because he wants to be relevant, he, he, he's, he's doing everything they're doing. He's, he's watching what they're watching. He's going where they're going. He's living the way they're living. He goes to church, but when she comes to church, there's not a big distance between him and her. So she's not going to feel much to get her from here to here. Conviction is very small. But when somebody's converted and they've separated themselves from the world, get way over there. Come on. And she comes into the church and this person has been alone with God, with the convictions of God. When she comes in, she knows she's a long ways away from the world, away from the Lord. And she feels this drawing because it's not just taking one step over, just one step toward. no. She has to have a complete change of transformation in her life. And the drawing between there and here is a great drawing. It's a strong draw of conviction that says, I, I've, I need God in my life. Conviction is something we can't lose. Conviction is something you can't override. Just because the world's doing it doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. Just because you're unpatriotic and American doesn't mean it's, it's okay to do it because everybody else is. That's not the way. The Bible says straight is a gate and narrows the way which leads to life and few there be that find it. You can't base what's right upon the generation around you. You've got to get back in the book and look into the mirror of his word and say, am I right with God? Am I right with the Lord? Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you in this end time, what's going to change this nation and God's going to get the attention of this nation again. He's going to bring them to their knees. They're not going to want a church that's like the world. They're going to want a church that's like the Lord that they can come in and say, I need to be changed. And they're going to come in with alcoholism and drug addiction and sin and promiscuity. They're going to have all those things but when they get here, they're going to find an altar where they can be set free from every chain of bondage of sin because that's what conviction will do. It'll bring transformation. Oh, clap your hands and praise Him. Thank you. You can be seated. Everybody say legacy. Legacy. When you look at Jacob, would you bring me the staff? He's in his old age now. Back in those days, every man, pretty much because of how they traveled, would have had a walking stick or a staff. History tells us that their staffs were tailor-made to them. The staff is something that when they received the staff, it was their diary, it was their journal, it was carvings that would have started from the bottom to the top. There were markings that you could have read that would have been in Hebrew or Greek or wherever they were from. Carvings in there. You would have seen David. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In there would have been a carving of a bear. There would have been the carving of a lion. There would have been the name of Goliath and what God had done on there would have been on there of David's staff. 
Jacob there, though, his carving up on his staff would have been something through his life that when he's dying and, and, and he's about to take his last breath and they called the family in, Joseph is there and Ephraim and Manasseh have entered into that room and he said, who's this with you? And Joseph said, it's, it's my boys, dad. I've got him here with me. He said, well, bring him close because I want to bless him. And he starts praying this prayer that the Bible says in Genesis chapter 48. He says it this way. And he blessed Joseph. Everybody say, he blessed Joseph. And said, God. That's how he started this blessing out. God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk. The God which fed me all my life long unto this day. Hebrews records that when he was a dying, he leaned upon the top of his staff and worshiped God, blessing Joseph. Somewhere what he was saying was, I'm old now, but I can lean upon my life and tell you, God has been faithful. When he leaned upon the top of his staff, he was saying through trials and tribulations, I made it over because God brought me through everything I was going through. I come to preach to you today. You're not walking this journey alone. We're walking it with God. It's God that's brought everything that we have. It's God that's taken us through everything. Go ahead and clap your hands and praise him. He said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He said, now I pass the blessing down to you. He said, the angel, are y'all with me tonight? I'm not gonna be much longer unless you sit real quiet. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. Bless the lads. Here's what he was saying. Bless not only my children, but bless my grandkids. In this room, there were three generations. Grandpa, Joseph, and the grandkids. You know what he was representing? Is that every generation that's gonna see a continuing, there better be not just old people in the room. And there better not be just young people in the room. But we need grandma and grandpa, mom and daddy, and we need the grandkids in that room worshiping God all at the same time. Do you hear me? I'm talking about if there's gonna be a church of tomorrow, we've gotta have a multi-generational church now. We're not gonna let go of the old landmarks, but we will do things to reach young people if we gotta have, have different programs and different methods. Come here, Brother Cody. You represent a young generation. And uh, I'm not gonna pull the seniors out. I'm gonna leave them over there in their comfortable seats tonight. But me, as a church leader, I have to reach back and hold on to some things of Guy Smith while at the same time trying to reach the generation that I'm in without changing the message. But I have to change the method. 
Methods will change. Service times will change. How we do church live stream in person down at Zane Landing, down in the park, going to Junction City with a home. I don't know what it is, but we might have to change the method to reach people, but we can't change the message to reach people. Praise God. You got to hold on to the gospel. You can't change the gospel. You can't water it down. You got to hold on to it. You know what that means? I can't just sing old songs. I've got to sing new songs. Because the Bible says singing to the Lord a new song. So in a, in a church, guess what? You're going to have young people not liking the old songs. You're going to have the old people not liking the new songs. But it's multi-generational. You don't have to sing my song for me to worship. I come planning to worship no matter what song you're going to sing. Are you with me? Because if there's going to be a church tomorrow, I've got to be able to reach young people. I've got to be able to have children's services. We'll have clowns preaching the gospel, but we have to be a multi-generational church. If we're going to have a church tomorrow, we have to do that. Clap your hands and praise him in this building. Everybody say multi-generational. Zachariah says it this way. He said, when I see my kingdom restored, he said, I see, I see the ancient. That means the older people. Leaning up on their staffs. But he said, I hear the boys and the girls are laughing in the streets. When God pictures a church, he doesn't picture one generation in that building. Because you can't have a legacy without everybody in the room worshiping together. Can I tell you what we need? We need grandma and grandpa shouting hallelujah. And we need the little kids down here. Come on, Jackson. It's not just the young people shouting with energy up here. You go ahead, grandma, get out of your seat and do it the best way you can. Because there's something happens when you praise him. Oh, clap your hands and praise him in the building. He leaned upon the top of his staff and when he worshiped God, he was blessing them. Worship always brings blessing. Could I say something that should never be lost? And that's exuberant worship in the church. The Bible says dance before the Lord. Shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, it's almost 2022. I think somebody ought to jump up and shout hallelujah or something. Come on, somebody ought to jump up and shout hallelujah or something. They shouted and the walls come tumbling down. Amen. Exuberant worship has brought us to where we are. My grandmother told me the day they voted worship out of the church. She said when they voted dancing in the spirit out of the church, she said the young people left. Sin broke out in the church. Adultery broke out in the church. You know why? Because you can't bring blessing without worship. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he does for me, how many know there's something moves in the room when you start praising him? Everybody can clap their hands. Everybody can shout to the Lord. 
Everybody can wave their hand. Everybody can lift your hands. You don't have to leap like me, but everybody ought to have a little worship in their spirit that says, he's been good to me. When I look over my life, what he's done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Legacy, continuance of what God has done. Do you want it to die with us or go on to the next generation? Hebrews, excuse me, Ephesians chapter four and verse one. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Can I say this is gonna continue? We've gotta walk worthy of this thing that we've been called into. We can't live nonchalantly. We've gotta be intentional. With all lowliness and meekness. Are you with me tonight? With long suffering, forbearing one another in love. I've learned that unity, unity has to be prayed for and unity has to be sought after. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You want unity? You've got to pray for it. You've got to work toward it. You can't keep ought in your heart toward people. Come on. You can't keep ought in your heart toward anybody. You've got to seek peace with your brothers and your sisters. Why? For there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. How many feel called to the Lord tonight? For there is one Lord, there's one faith, and there's a one baptism. He said there's one God. Somebody shout one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. But not every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. It says in verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. We can never forget that your pastor and the pastor of the daughter work churches are not good enough to edify the body. We must have prophets among us. We must have evangelists to come and preach to us. We've gotta have teachers and apostles among us. Can you say amen? And when the prophet comes, we shouldn't stay home when the prophet comes. Because, oh, I, that, that's just not my preacher. No, no, no. If the prophet comes, I'm a part of the body and I wanna be edified. When the evangelist comes, I'm getting behind and supporting the evangelist. Watch what it says. What's it for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everybody's goal in the building should be to be like Jesus. I want you to lift your hands across the room tonight. And I want you to tell the Lord, I want to be like you. Remove anything from me that's not like you. Remove anything in the corridors of my life that's not like you. Oh God, I want you to change who I am to become like you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus.
to be like Jesus. Everybody say to be like Jesus. I come to a close tonight. I told you that we cannot lose conviction. We've got to hold on to truth while changing methods. Everybody say change the method. Elijah told Gehazi, he said, I want you to take this staff and go lay it on that boy that's dead and I'm coming after you. He took Elisha's staff, never been done before, and laid it. Come here, Ethan, you're going to be that dead boy. Just lay right there. He went in and laid it on that boy in the loft. And when he did, nothing happened. Everybody say nothing. And he takes him, when the, when the prophet Elisha comes, he goes up in the loft where he is and he removes the staff and he lays on him nose to nose, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. And when he does, the boy comes alive. You know why he did that? I'm going to tell you why. Because of legacy. Elijah had told Elisha about the Shudamite woman's son that had been healed, that he had laid on, and Brother Nehemiah God had healed him. There was a moment in his creative, Elisha was very creative, that he tried a new method to see a miracle happen, but the method didn't work. So you know what he did? He just leaned back on the story of an elder. And said, if he could do it for him, he can do it for me. And I'm preaching to you right now. We're not going to stop trying methods. And we've done a lot of things wrong, Brother Tony, trying to reach people. But I'm not quitting if the method fails. I'll just lean back on how they did it and we'll do it all over again. Listen, I've requested that next Monday, January the 3rd through the 15th, we go for about two weeks in a prayer revival. Historically in this church, we've been known to do 30 and 50 day prayer revivals, meeting at the church every night at seven. I'm asking every campus to have prayer at your church. Gonna do a media fast, cut out all the media. Be good if you cut out some of that pleasure food too for a couple weeks and just eat what was necessary. Cause truth of the matter is we live to eat instead of eat to live. How many know it's true? But in a couple of weeks of fasting, you'll find the appetite change. You realize you don't need all that. But what we've learned is Jesus said some things only come by prayer and fasting. And God has put it in my spirit that we go on an old-fashioned prayer revival and let God do what only he can do. And you watch what will happen after two weeks. There are going to be people in our churches that have been bound but have been set free. People that were backslid are going to be back in the church. Watch what he's going to do. Do you believe it? Amen. Come to music. They can come to the music tonight. Remain standing. Somebody shout, prayer makes a difference. Amen. Brother Bar Sadi was dying. You probably saw all the video that I sent out. And I'm stirred tonight. Brother Bar Sadi was dying. Sister Ashley was on the phone. She couldn't even go see him, as you heard me say last Sunday. Brought it to the church. We sent requests out on the prayer group and to the daughter work pastors to pray. And after service Sunday night, Sister Iscardo, who's not able to be here tonight, 
approached me here, right here. She said, I feel to do a 24-hour prayer chain for Brother Sister Barsati. I said, well, let's do that. And I said, all right. I said, everybody, don't leave yet. We're going to pray. I said, who'll take 11? Somebody took 11. Who'll take midnight? Somebody, who'll take one? There was a little bit of pause with 1 a.m. Somebody did. Who'll take two? Who'll take three? Uh, look, here was a second, another hand that came up. People were praying. Some people wanted to pray two and three hours. He was dying in a hospital, fighting for his life with COVID. But at 11.15, just after the 24-hour prayer chain was, was done, Sister Ashley contacted me. She said, Josh just called me from the hospital. And she said, she said, somebody called me. She said, I heard him speaking English on the phone. And I thought, who in the world in Vietnam is speaking perfect English? And she said, who is this? He said, Ashley, it's Josh. It was sort of like Peter showing up at Rhoda's house and knocked on the door. She said, who is he? He said, it's Peter. They went, she said, Peter's at the door. They said, can't be him. He's in prison. It must be his spirit. Oh, no. He said, how? He said, where am I and how did I get here? I just woke up. He just woke up out of a coma. 24 hours of prayer and he wakes up. That's the power that the church has. We've got power to pray in the name of Jesus. That when we pray, somebody's going to wake up. Somebody's going to come out of that bar. Somebody's come out of that situation. There's power in a church that prays. And the verse came to my mind and in Acts chapter 12, verse five, it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing in the church unto God for him. I believe there's some miracles getting ready to take place all over this region. There's even gonna be more church plants that's gonna come out of this church in this region. It's gonna happen, it's gonna come out of the churches. Brother, Sister Richard, come. Come on, Brother, Brother Gators, come. Brother, Brother, Sister Castle, come. Brother Nutter, I want you to come. Amen. I know the Christmans could not, Brother, Sister, Pastor and Sister Christman couldn't be here tonight. The children are unable to be here. This is a multi-campus church. We're one church in multiple locations. But this is what I feel to tell y'all tonight. Legacy isn't just something from old young legacy can be go can also go from one year to the next it's past something passed down legacy is a continuance of something it's something it's the baton that's not dropped but I believe that it came from Zanesville to Crooksville and now Crooksville to where it's coming from Zanesville to McConnellsville now from McConnellsville Beverly Hallelujah. Anybody feel a shout in this building? I believe it's not gonna stop in Woodsfield. There's another city. There's a next city. A few weeks ago, spirit of prophecy come over me and I was telling brother and sister, I just said it. I said, I feel a stirring going on in Junction City. That's, that's what I said. And, 
And what I didn't know is there was a stirring going on. Bible study being started there. The devil would love to do everything he can to stop that. He doesn't like continuing churches, but he can't stop. That song says, Brother Dylan sings it here sometimes, the gates of hell cannot prevail. And I feel like even the same within a week, I prophesied to Brother Christman, there's gonna be a breakthrough. There's gonna be a breakthrough with drug addicts and there's gonna be people raised up in that church that's gonna do a great work for God in that city. Amen. Amen. And I realize I'm the pastor of these pastors, but greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city, in your cities, and the cities next. Does anybody believe that tonight? Hallelujah. There are people right now that God has already sent to some of these cities. They're backslidden. They just thought they got a job there. Watch it. Cause just because you're out of the church doesn't mean you're out of his hand. Come on, we've been sealed. We belong to him. Somebody shout, we belong to him. There's people that God has strategically moved all over the country. There's people taking jobs, backslidden. They're like, they get a job, they look at their spouse, say, honey, you know, this is a great opportunity for us. We're gonna move to this city. They're, out, they're away from the Lord. They're not living right. And God's moving them like a chess piece. Because he's gonna raise up works in these cities. And what you have to do is you have to be like Paul that is able to pray and seek God and have visions and where God can connect you to those people that God has strategically placed. Can I get a witness from somebody in the building? There are more cities that God is gonna birth churches and great revival in this end time. There will be millions of people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in North America. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I want y'all to come and stand on the platform with me. Somebody say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The Lord in the end time is going to give a great call that's going to go out. And in that call, in that call, like he did as it was in the days of Noah, the Lord sent out a call. Two were in the field, one was taken, the other was left. We heard that in the New Testament. But when he sent a call, drafts lifted those long necks up and left the herd and went in the direction of the call. Elephants lifted that head and trunk up and left in the direction of the call. Hear me tonight as I bring this message to a close. There's still the call of God. That call is going out in this end time. It's gonna call people from all over. But here's what the church, you remember talking about the atmosphere of the church gotta have conviction? The church also has to believe in mercy and forgiveness. That's why the Bible says the spirit and the bride say come. It cannot be just God believing it. God wanting it. The church has gotta want backsliders to come home. Everybody say the spirit and the bride say come. How many believe that God's gonna call people home in this end time? Clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah! You know what I think we ought to do? We ought to take
take a few seconds of praise for what God did for the Barsadis. Amen. We need to thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for answered prayer. Amen. I want my wife to come. We're going to pray for this congregation. We're going to pray for these people right now. I want you to lift your hands. Pastor Richard, Cody, can you get him a microphone? I want you to come and pray for the congregation to receive legacy and to give legacy. Amen. Pray a prayer over us tonight. Lift your hands and receive tonight. Let's lift our hands all over this house tonight. Lord, we receive tonight. Come on, there's an impartation here. If we'll receive it tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray your strength, Lord Jesus. Pray your anointing, Lord Jesus. I pray a fresh burden, God, would fall upon your people. Lord, that we would love like you do, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our voice right now. Stir up the gift that's inside of us right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we surrender, Lord, ourselves to you, Lord God. We answer this call, Lord, to your harvest, Lord Jesus. We answer, God, this call to prayer, God. We answer this call, God, to empty ourselves of any selfishness. We empty ourselves, Lord Jesus, of any carnality, God, so that your spirit, mighty God, can move through your people again, Lord. God, I pray you send the winds of restoration, Lord Jesus, to this region, Lord Jesus. God, I pray you quicken the prodigal, Lord Jesus. God, that they would come to their senses, Lord, and return to the Father's house, Lord. For they are in your hand, Lord Jesus. Lord, that there would be a Moses that would stand in the gap for the people of God. Oh, that have hardened their hearts and turned from you, Lord. That there would be a church, God, that would travail. Lord, in the morning hours of early morning, God, and call upon your name for your people, God. Lord, we pray it in the name of Jesus. We pray for every young person in this house tonight, Lord Jesus. Oh God, your word is filled with young people that were mightily used of God. And I pray, Lord God, that a, a prayer would be birthed inside of them, Lord. That would bring them a confidence and boldness, God, to come against the culture that's in this world today, Lord. That there would be Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegoes amongst us, Lord, that would not bow to the culture, God, but to live, Lord, acceptably and holy in your sight. To follow, Lord, in the legacy, Lord Jesus, God, of those that's laid a path before us, God. Lord, the 80 years that we're celebrating, God. Lord, if you should tarry, God, I pray that our children will answer the call. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, just say in the name of Jesus. Lord, let it be done, God, in this house tonight, Lord Jesus. Come on, my hands are yours, God. My heart is yours, God. I surrender all to you, Lord Jesus.
I'm going to do more, God, than commit to be in church, but I'm going to surrender my will to your will, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.